It's Thursday at 10 a.m. and you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. If you want to be a part of today's action, feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Locke or the Griggs B. Let's get into the action. And good morning, everybody, from the campus of Auburn University here in the Melton Student Center. I am Griggs Blankenberg alongside Daniel Locke. This is the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. We got a great packed show for you full of Auburn basketball, NBA, NHL, some CCS basketball talk, just a little bit. But first off, Daniel, how are you doing this morning, brother? Griggs, I have never been on this show more tired than I am right now. Yeah, let's... You want to talk about why you're tired, but let's get into it. For sure. So last night, big thank you to the Auburn Tip-Off Club for providing two charter buses to take students over to Starkville for last night's game against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, I was one of the students who decided to take advantage of that offer, which was an amazing experience, very fun time, always fun hanging out with some Auburn students, just having a good old time. But we did not get back. We pulled up to the Charles Barkley statue at a little after 3 in the morning. And I got back to my apartment about 3.30-ish, give or take a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And I put my head down on the pillow at about 4. So I'm, I'm running on empty. But Six hours later, you're here right now. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way. Nowhere else I'd rather be. Correct. So last night, the Auburn Tigers clinched at least a share of the SEC regular season title, projected to finish fifth before the season started by all the people who know a lot about basketball, apparently. But last (laughs) night, the final score, this is a scary one, but Auburn wins 81-68 over Mississippi State in Starkville after Auburn goes on a run in overtime, scoring 20 points to Mississippi State's seven. Katie Johnson, 12 points. Uh, in overtime with two steals, and I believe he was 5 for 5 at the free throw line. Correct. When we get psycho Katie, it's an entirely different Auburn basketball team, don't you think? Bro, that guy is an animal. Last night it was looking like it was just Jabari having to score with Wendell and a little bit in his struggles. We'll talk about that more in a little bit later. But, yeah, leading scorer last night, Jabari Smith, 27 points. Pretty impressive for him, even though that didn't really feel like that much. He didn't score that many points at least from my perspective on TV. Um, leading rebounder was from Mississippi State, Anderson Garcia with 13, and leading his sister was Wendell Green for the Auburn Tigers. So, Daniel, quick thoughts. You know, um, you just said how Wendell was Auburn's leading assist guy. I like that a lot better than Wendell taking as many shots. Like, at this point, I feel like we kind of need the transition. And they've been doing this, but Wendell needs to be more of a passer. Zepp needs to be more of a shooter. Because Zepp has a hot hand. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone's going to argue that at this point. A little earlier in the year, like a month ago, people probably would have tried to debate that. There's no debate anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's had like, what, three double-digit games in a row now? Probably something like that. I forget to look it up. But last night he did have three threes in a row in the first half, which was pretty impressive for him. Coming um doesn't hasn't scored that much recently, but yes, bat thirty five point um eleven points versus Mississippi State. He didn't score any points at Tennessee, but he had fifteen versus Ole Miss. So judging by these numbers, we can pull away from it. If when he scores a decent amount, Auburn is in a great position since he's technically not one of the people that scores. But again, it's another week, and it's another week of us talking about what do we do with Mister Allen Flanagan. Last night shooting one for six on at 19 minutes. He was the least played starter, one for six from field goal, uh, over two from three, one rebound. 
on two points and four turnovers. If we, I feel like it's been enough time now where it's where like he's working his way back from injury. I think he's in his head too much, and I think this could be a very, very, it could be a fatal flaw in March if we continue letting him stay out there with this when this performances keep happening. Yeah, and I know Bruce is very, very loyal. Um, mm-hmm. Flanagan stuck around through the kind of up and down, disappointing season last year, and he came back this year. And he he maybe could have gone to the NBA next year. He probably would have been a late second round pick or an undrafted free agent. Does the NBA have those? I think they do. I'm uh, undrafted free agent. Yeah, I th- I think so. But yeah, he's gonna have to put on a heck of a performance in March if he wants to. Get his yeah. draft stock back up. I, yeah, it's completely killed. I honestly feel like he might have been better off if he hadn't played this year. Sort of like, Inter- I know it's you're interesting, not, yeah. Just, I know you're not comparing an apple to an apple with what I'm about to say, but it's sort of like how Jamar Chase did not hurt his draft stock any by sitting out the 2020 season for LSU. Yeah, eh, yeah I could see that a little bit, but the people wanting him to replace him is Devin Cambridge last night, six points. Not been shooting the three that well in conference, so... I think you, De- uh, Devin, just needs to just stick, to just keeping near the hoop and getting those offensive rebounds with, unless he can get that shot figured out. Because right now he was like, I think they said last night on the broadcast he was like four for like forty or something like that. I believe he, on three pointers he shot six of them last night. Almost all of them, I believe, were pretty open. He only made yeah. one of them. They, for the most part, they were all pretty open. And one thing with Alan Flanagan is I don't feel like people would be as quick to come for him. If he hadn't, like him and Wendell both tied for leading the team in turnovers last night with four apiece. Oh, um, Katie Johnson also had four. But Katie makes up for it in other ways. Like Alan Flanagan, if you have more points, I mean more turnovers than points, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That is a very big problem. They kinda, at, at that point, you're you're hurting the team. Last night, they also kind of shut down Walker a little bit from a defensive perspective. He only had three blocks, Yeah, but he did end up still having ten rebounds and four points, so... Not the greatest night from Walker, but Jabari, 9 for 13, 3, three for 5 from 3-pointers, and 6 for 7 at the line, 27 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 assists. Yeah, another great night from Jabari. But with what you said about Walker, I feel like, just from kind of what I saw, mm-hmm. I feel like it was more of an off night from him than them like having success against him. I agreed. Because he was just like missing those like sort of lob shots that he mm-hmm. normally makes. Yeah. Um. Which he only took four field goals last night, making two of them. But the thing with Auburn is, we should not have gone overtime against a team that has made one, uh, one three pointer. One, they're one for thirty three for their last three games from three. They were zero for thirteen wow. last night. We cannot lose to a team giving up that many points inside the arc and at the free throw line. That I guess that maybe is a statement to our three point defense. Also, is how bad their three point. Is this is one of the games I thought at the beginning of the year I thought Mississippi State was a little bit slept on, but now I think they're unless unless they run and make a run in the SEC tournament, I don't believe they'll be playing in the NCAA no. double tournament, NCAA tournament because they've kind of had like the road struggles that Auburn's had, but to the max, like they've Auburn was only their second home loss. Yeah, the first one was to Kentucky, who I don't even want to get into the Wildcats. I don't even feel like talking about them today, but yeah, like. Terrible on the road, great at home, a very interesting team. I I could see them making a run in the SEC tournament. If if they play like they did last night, they might be pretty good. Well, if they get some better shooting. 
they got to they got to do something. This next game they play, their last regular season game, and then they I probably would say they'd have to go to the SEC championship, not win it, but I think they'd have to at least go there. If they could shoot the ball last night, like from three, I think we lose. I mean, probably they were over thirteen, but. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have to talk about this one, too. Last Saturday in Thomas Bowling Arena, Daniel was also there. The Auburn Tigers fell to the Tennessee Volunteers 67-62. We can just do this one real quick before Saturday's preview. Um, Jabari, still really good, shot twenty, got 27 points. Um, funny fact, Walker was the leading assist man for Auburn. But I think the last two stories of these two uh, on the road games is we have been getting abused on the rebounds. Yeah, it's it is, been terrible. I it's I don't understand it really because this was not a problem a it, month ago. Yeah, I was I tweeted about this during the Tennessee game. I'm like, I, seeing us losing the rebounding battle that bad was not something I expect to see this late into the season. When I believe we'd only lost two rebounding battles to that point, which were uh, at uh, playing UConn in the Bahamas and then at St. Louis, which yeah, I don't understand. Like, how are we losing this rebounding battle when we have the best? front court in the nation with Jabari and Walker Kessler, who are 6'10 and 7 foot. And then we have Devin Cambridge, who's also a really good rebounder, too. I don't understand it. Yeah, and not only losing it, getting killed in it. Like, I mean, Tennessee had 21 offensive rebounds on Saturday. Yeah. They, had tw- they, had more, they had 21 rebounds. They had more re- offensive rebounds than Auburn did defensive rebounds. Which is insane to think about, because from at least probably five or six of those last Saturday... They were kind of ones that like rolled right into a Tennessee player's hands. Like it wasn't he caught it directly off the rim. If you know what I'm saying, does that make sense? Yeah, but still, they beat us by 23 rebounds. They beat oh us yeah, in, no, yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you. last night too was awful too. Auburn had 32 rebounds. Tennessee, uh, Mississippi State had 50. We lost by 18 rebounds. They had 21 offensive rebounds. How are we giving up 20 plus offensive rebounds a game? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it really is, and that was not a struggle early on. It's kind of become a, a hole that's been poked recently. We need to get it ironed I, out. Are we just not? Are we just? Are Walker scared if he gets into foul trouble? Like that's is that? I feel like that has something to do with it too I with think the so, block yeah. numbers last night as well. But maybe, he, maybe Bruce has told him like kind of like chill a little bit just to make sure he stays out of foul trouble. But at the same time, like he should be in a position. Well, the one in Tennessee, you're right. It was a little bit off the rim stuff. They had that happened last night a little bit in Mississippi State too. But at one point, I like hit a water bottle in my room. I'm like. This has never not been a problem for us all season. We have a really tall front court and a small forward that can get the rebound with Devin Cambridge. Why are we losing the rebounding battle so badly? Yeah, it's it's es- been abysmal, especially recently. against Mississippi State. Not as much for Tennessee since they're a good team, but yeah, we can be having that in March. Hopefully, that's yeah. something they emphasize this week. But yeah, before we go to break, real quick, to clinch the SEC champion, uh, SEC one seat, and the all around regular season basketball title the Auburn Tigers will take on the South Carolina Gamecocks this Saturday in the first game in Neville Arena uh that'll be 12 o'clock central time on the SEC network Gamecocks 18 and 11 on the year 9 8 in conference uh Auburn going for the perfect home record uh, is this the f- is that the first time this ever happened I have not I didn't have don't it beforehand think it's the first time um maybe it is but I remember from the 2018-2019 and into the 2019-2020 season, we had like a pretty long streak at home that the Texas A&M Aggies shattered on the senior night of the 2019-2020 season. Uh-huh. I was at that game. It was a rainy, rainy, rainy Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. One of the worst drives I've ever had to make. All right. Uh, keys to this game, 
rebound. I think this is the game where Auburn definitely has to show, okay, we definitely have to win this rebounding battle against a very mediocre South Carolina team. Um, a player to look out for for South Carolina, I think, is Eric Stevenson. He was one who the person I saw at South Carolina when I went to see them play in Columbia versus Auburn. If he gets hot from three, it's pretty hard to stop, um, even though Auburn did end up winning, I think, by like nine or something like that, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a team that – that's a player you can't really leave open, but I think the jungle will be fine. We'll get to that pick later in our weekend selections. But Auburn, right now, let's let's pretend the one seed going into after this weekend. How do you think? Will we have our first show before the SEC tournament? I think we will. I think we'll have a show before the the SEC tournament. Yeah, the SEC tournament starts next week. I know it starts next week, but I'm trying to think. Um, um because it's like weird with the one seed. The one seed like plays early in the morning. I'm trying to think if we'll have our show before the. It's SEC. spring break. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think we're right now. If you're listening, we're gonna try to do a. Uh, we're doing a try to do a Zoom show next week, but also we're gonna try to do a March Madness special the following week after spring break. So we'll have more details on that on our Twitter spaces uh, pages. But before we go to break, Daniel, any last thoughts on this week or the upcoming matchup? I will not be here, Jungle. Be loud, be proud, um, have a great senior night, send the boys off to Tampa with a win, and just, as always, War Eagle. Let's get it done. War Eagle. Uh, okay, so we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll get into our segments on the NBA, maybe a little in a little bit of a Carmel Christian tri- uh, recap from their state championship game for the people who are listening from there. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. As always, alongside me, my good friend and great co-host, Griggs Blankenberg, who celebrated a birthday this week. Happy belated birthday, Griggs. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. And your um, your alma mater had a pretty big weekend, did they not? They did indeed, yes. Want to talk about it a little bit? Let's do it a little bit. We'll do this for a little bit quick. For any people who didn't know, uh, don't follow me on Twitter, which you should, at the Griggs B. Um, I went to Carmel Christian High School in Matthews, North Carolina, and yesterday and last Saturday they took home their third men's basketball ti- state title in the last five years. Coach Badgett with his second state title at Carmel Christian. Uh, they beat Greensboro Day 66, Carmel Christian 71. I learned up something on the broadcast that it was pretty impressive that Carmel beat them. They had five players. Their starting lineup, I believe, was all projected, all going signed to play next year at the collegiate level, which is awesome. But Leading points getter for the Cougars was Logan Threat with 27 points. Amazing, incredible performance from him, especially down the stretch at the free throw line. Uh, rebounding leader Kay Tyson, Belmont commit. I have my vote, unbiased vote for North Carolina Gatorade Player of the Year. And assist leader was Julian Arias and Logan Threat as well with two each. Um, I think it's time for keep, from people from Carmel listening. Dynasty talk should start. Yes, we are getting, nearing a dynasty three titles in five years. That is, I think that meets the criteria for a dynasty. So I'm very excited to see what the future holds with Coach Badgett at the helm. Um, Kate Tyson, uh, one of the best players I've ever seen play for Carmel. It's, it's incredible. Every time he got the ball on Saturday, it felt like it was going in, and almost every time it did. But I've seen it's one of the great best players I've seen play at Carmel. I think it's getting more and more hard to pick a starting five of all-time best Carmel players. I probably could do if you gave me some time, but – he will definitely probably be someone on that team with his incredible play. Uh, last point also, uh, Logan Three I think is one of the most underrated 
high school basketball players in the nation with what he d- did for this Carmel team this year. He took a good team to a great team that lost in the state championship last year and then ended up winning down the stretch thanks to his ability to make shots at the free throw line and move the ball, which is definitely what you want in a point guard. I mean, heck, I'd like him to come to Auburn if he if that was a possibility just because of the way he handles himself on and off the court. But, yeah, Logan 3 definitely needs to be signed and play college ball somewhere, and he needs to be signed very soon because he will make – whatever team he goes to will improve by an incredible margin. So, yeah, that's my Carmel Christian talk. Congrats, guys, again on winning state title. And now, Daniel, let's move it over to the NBA talk. Uh, you got anything you want to throw out there first? I might be going to my – hold on, let me count. I might be going to my fourth ever NBA game tomorrow night mm-hmm. in the United Center, the Chicago Bulls against the Milwaukee Bucks. That is going to be a very tough ticket, perhaps the toughest regular season ticket I've ever tried to seek out. Really? But, yeah, for professional sports. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you didn't you didn't buy the Penn State ticket. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I did, <laughs> but that that wasn't that tough. Um, so yeah, I very excited. Um, the Bulls are red hot, huh? Uh, yeah, they're red hot right now. They're one of the. I think are they are they still number one in the Eastern Conference? Oh uh, yes. Yeah, very red hot. Once they get um, Lonzo. Um, no, not Lonzo Ball. Um, once they get um. Excuse me, Miami is a game and a half up. Yeah, once they get back, who who are they missing from injury right now? I cannot remember. Uh, is it Levine or LeBron? Uh, no, I think it's Caruso. It is Caruso. Yeah, That's once right. they get Caruso back, I think they'll be back in that one spot. But, yeah, ticket prices right now, Daniel, are um, the cheapest ticket I can find with fees on Ticketmaster right now is 158 bucks. So, going to be kind of a tough ticket to get right now. Yeah, honestly, I'll probably just watch on TV. I'm sure there's a very nice local broadcast up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do a good job up there. But other points to point out from the NBA, uh, James Harden almost has a triple-double in his 76ers home debut in Philly. Seemed to be a fan favorite for the crowd. Still one of the best shooters, I think, in the NBA. I think he got up to the fourth all-time three-pointers. I think he's still, like, 500 behind Steph, but Steph is still playing. So that probably won't happen ever. Um, Durant, that's pretty big news. Here's some big news in the Eastern Conference. Speaking of it, Durant expected to play today versus the Heat after an injury has kept him out most of the past month. Uh, any thoughts on him coming back for the Eastern Conference? They better watch out. He, he's a baller. He is. He's one of the. He's probably one of the best players in the NBA right now when healthy. So it's going to be a great. Um, other notes. Uh, your guy from back in the Celtics days, Isaiah Thomas, signed a 10-day contract with the Hornets. I think it's still one of the crazy stories ever, his, his story of what's happened these past couple of years. He went from being the guy in Boston to being traded for Kyrie Irving to like being in the G League to this. I think that was a bad trade on behalf of both Cleveland and yeah. Boston. I think just Kyrie wanted out of Cleveland, and the Boston was too trigger-happy, I think. They just got on that immediately. Yeah, because I mean, Kyrie in Boston did not go very well. It definitely didn't end well. Um Kimba was a better fit in Boston than Kyrie was, and I don't even think it's close. Yeah, I think he's mad underrated. I think that Hornets need that veteran leadership. I think we will sign him past that. <clears throat> excuse me, we will resign him past that ten-day period. But it's gonna be interesting down the stretch to see what happens with that. Um, let's do a little bit quick Eastern Conference recap, real quick. 
for the standings, or let's do like a standings recap real quick. In first place right now, as Daniel just said, the Miami Heat are in first place with a record of 41 and 22. The Chicago Bulls are close behind in second with a record of 39 and 23, one and a half games back. And two games back are the 76ers in third with 38 and 23. Bucks are in fourth, Cleveland in fifth, Boston in sixth, and in the play in tournament right now, the Toronto Raptors at seven, Nets eight. Hornets 9, and Hawks 10. I think that's stayed the, the play-in tournament has stayed the same this past week since we last did the show. So, interesting to see that. And the Wizards are one game out of the play-in tournament. I feel bad for my man Chuma Okiki having to play for this Magic team. Hey, maybe he'll get the team with Jabari next year. Who knows? Bro, that would be so that'd be sick. crazy. If with, that happens, with, we gotta go. With Cole Anthony, too. I think yes. that'd be a good combo. W- when that happens, when the Hornets are playing in Orlando, we're just gonna make it a weekend. We're gonna go to Disney World, and we're gonna go to that <laughs> game. Oh, man. I don't know if I can afford Disney right now. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But maybe moving on. Get, maybe we can get media passes for Disney World. Maybe. <laughs> but moving on to the Western Conference, it's still the same. It's still the Phoenix Suns in first dominating right now with a record of 50-12. and 12. They are seven games up on the second-place Golden State Warriors at 43-19. and 19. Memphis Grizzlies not far behind the um, Warriors, only a, a half game back of them with a record of 43-20. and 20. Jazz in fourth, Mavericks in five, Nuggets in sixth, and in the playing tournament right now, the Timberwolves in seventh, Clippers in eighth, Lakers in nine, and the New Orleans Pelicans in ten. Look at New Orleans. That's so cute. Speaking of New Orleans, um, I don't know. We talked about this last week, but Zion, did you ever get that thing from your friend who's the season ticket holder? Yeah, no, that was true. Mm-hmm. He, he was not included in it. It was like Aaron Rodgers wasn't included in the uh, London game package. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy to hear. But it's crazy they didn't put him in there either, and Aaron Rodgers is still technically under contract for the Green Bay Packers next year. So. Yeah, that um, I wonder if he specifically asked to not be in there, both Aaron Rodgers and Zion, because they're both under contract for next year. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it'll be very. I think the relationship is like I thought they did a good job of mending the relationship this past year. It's just a matter of what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, honestly, like he's a California boy. I I would probably get tired of playing in the freezing cold eventually. You think you'd get used to it by now? Yeah, you you would think that, but I don't know. I it can't be fun even if you are used to it. That's got to sting. Mm-hmm, yeah, but um, any other thing? Uh, MVP, your thing still the same? You still think it's you said Jokic last week? You know, I was just thinking about the like the statistics of guys repeating as MVPs is just not very high. It doesn't tend to happen. So, I've kind of changed to Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, yeah, I still yeah. think mine is Joel Embiid. Yeah, um, I know that's the popular pick, and it's not the most creative thing in the world, but I feel like at this point of year, it's pretty hard to argue against it. Yeah, I think it is too, but I think it's close behind second. In third, Jokic and Curry. I think they definitely can get their way up into that conversation. It'd be th- cool to see. It'd be kind of cool to see Steph Curry win. It'd be kind of cool to see that. It'd be better than he'd win more recently than his high school won state championship. It's kind of funny. Where did he go again? He went to Charlotte Christian. Charlotte Christian. They've not won a state title in basketball since I believe 2001. Was he there at that time? He was not. He was there after. Got you. So, basketball school? No. <laughs> Carmel Christian equals the real CCS. But you got anything else before we head to break? Not really. Um, 
I'm I hope it kind of works out. I hope tickets drop. I really want to go to a Bulls game in United Center. I just feel like that would be nostalgic. The house that Jordan built. Um, just as a big basketball fan, I guarantee you could get t- cheaper tickets to the Blackhawks. I already did. Uh, what time? When's that game? That is Saturday. That is Sunday. That's Sunday. Okay. Yeah, I got a really good deal because I paid. I actually bought them when I was at your house, but I paid thirty dollars a piece for my two tickets for me and my friend Drew. Oh, and you, oh, you've seen them play the Lightning. Oh, oh yeah. Oh no. Oh, yeah. oh no. But the other tickets in the same <laughs> section we bought right now. Guess how much they're going for? How much? One thirty. Yikes. I mean, that's crazy. Hawks are going to Philadelphia on Saturday at 2 p.m., then back Sunday at the United Center at 6 p.m. Oh, which yeah. Is cra- Big weekend for the Hawks. Crazy turnaround, I think, from Philly back to Chicago in less yeah. than 24 hours after they get all that stuff situated and play the game. But, yeah, so. We're going to go to break a little early, give us more time to talk about the NHL. Once again, you are listening to the Eagles Nest with Daniel Locke and Griggs Blankenberg on Weagle 91.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. As always, I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me, Griggs Blankenberg. We've had a good show today recapping Auburn basketball, talking about the National Basketball Association. Gave a little, excuse me. Gave a little shout-out to Griggs' high school team, the Carmel Christian Cougars, who won the state championship in North Carolina 5A? 4A. 4A 4A in private school. That's the highest it goes. Okay, got you. So now we are going to break down the the goings-on in the world of the National Hockey League. I am going to my third-ever NHL game this uh, Sunday night as I'm going to see the Chicago Bulls take on the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Bulls. United Center. Goodness gracious. Sorry, Blackhawks. For those of you who do not know, I am running on a little under four and a half hours of sleep, so that is going to be my excuse for every blunder I make today. Got that Bruce Pearl question, though. I did. I asked Bruce Pearl live from the Jungle Bus if he had a statement for the students. <laughs> and he responded with, tell them they're champions and to get their blanks to class tomorrow. <laughs> what a legend. What a great person. Anyways, hockey. Hockey. Let's, let's do that hockey, as Chance the Rapper once said. Want to trash the Oilers first? Yeah, they're bad. They're going to lose tonight to the Blackhawks. Hopefully. Yeah, they still suck. Um, NHL. Um, still stats. Connor McDavid retook the top spot in the points for the for the. Edmonton uh, took the top spot in the league for points, 77. Leon Dreisaitl, 76. I bet it, their locker room relationship is just the most toxic thing you've ever seen. It probably is. Uh, Jonathan Herbidoux, who was in first last week, is now in third with 75. The American Austin Matthews from Toronto in 68. Man looks like points. a substitute teacher. Who? Austin Matthews. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, Leon Dreisaitl leading the way for goals, 37. Austin Matthews, the American, also tied for first at 37. Um, standings real quick. Uh, Eastern Conference first. Tampa Bay Lightning held a one-point lead over the Florida Panthers in the Atlantic um, at 76 points. Uh, the Metropolitan Division, again, unfortunately, the Carolina Hurricanes are in first place with 79 points. Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh is five points back at 74. Um, Western Conference, the Pacific Conference, the Calgary Flames up five points on the Los Angeles Kings. Pretty, We always say it's always good when a Canadian team is in the mix. Yeah. Always good for the hockey. And still absolutely destroying the Central is the 
Colorado Avalanche, unfortunately, at 84 points. They are 14 points above St. Louis with we're in the two-third part of the – we're in the second half – we're in the way into the second half part of the season. So, What's your beef with the Canes again? I, I just think they don't have – their fans show up for the postseason and that's uh, it. Yeah. You never hear anyone talking about them. and All of a sudden, everyone's their biggest fan. Yeah. I, I kind of could gather that <laughs> when I was there a few – or about two months ago. It was kind of like that. I, I just felt like – no one really cared. No one did. But let's get into some more National Hockey League talk. First off, the Blackhawks make interim GM Kyle Davidson the permanent GM. My thoughts on that one. Um, he's from the Bowman Tree, which if people don't know, our last GM was named Stan Bowman, uh, who left after the allegations from the 2010 uh, assault conversations were brought to light. Uh, he left the club from there. Kyle has been serving as the interim GM since then and he's now the permanent GM um I think he's the right choice he's got experience with the Blackhawks he was from you knew how it worked under Stan Bowman he's gonna try to change that from what it's been uh he knows the direction what it needs to take this club back to winning cups since as one of the original six um it's imperative that we are competing to win the Stanley Cup especially in today's NHL um you know this too as original six fan yourself yeah but we settling for Second to last in the on the central of the west right now is not good. Do I think we would have started the year off better if we didn't bring back Jeremy Colleton for like 12, 15 games? Absolutely, yes. I think we're definitely fighting for a wild card spot right now. But that was just too big of a hole to climb out of. But um, I'm the, I did like one thing from Kyle Davidson, what he said this week. Um, and I quote for him, Jonathan and Patrick are extremely important pieces to the organization, uh, he said. They're definitely going to be brought into the loop. There won't be any surprises on their end on what we plan on doing with the organization. As a Blackhawks fan, I am extremely, extremely, extremely relieved to hear those words. I think Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze need to finish their careers in Chicago where they started. I do not think they sh- we should trade them for anything. I don't want Kane to leave. Kane said yesterday, I said this on, I think, maybe... Twitter, but Kane said he wants to retire a Chicago Blackhawk. I think that means we need to make sure that happens. I think we might have to pay Kane. They're both unrestricted free agents after next season. Um, so I think we'll need to resign him. I don't know for how long. We'll have to talk to him. He is the greatest American player of all time, though. No, no question about it. Um, and Jonathan Taze, I, I think we could resign him too, but just not as much as Kane, just because Kane's still doing Kane things. Um, I think they're both really detrimental to the on-ice success of the team, bringing their veteran leadership also like that into the dressing room as well. And last year, I believe, or in the bubble postseason, when the Hawks beat the guess who Edmonton Oilers in their on their home ice, add you, but no fans still. But yeah, I think that we were like the youngest team in the NHL, but we still had those two guys who had won three cups each with the Blackhawks, and then we had Corey Crawford, who'd also won two cups with us. So. I think we need to keep them around, show where we need to go and where we've been. So those are my thoughts, Daniel. Yeah, um, I agree. Despite um, two and seventeen, I like the Blackhawks <laughs> a lot. I like to see them succeed. Um, they're one of my favorites in the West. I'm not just saying that to uh, pad your ego. I just I, I've always liked the Blackhawks. Um, Patrick Kane being the main reason, just best American of all time. Yes, sir. Um, it's hard to hate that. As an mm-hmm. American hockey fan, it's sort of like a UFC fan telling you they hate Khabib Nurmagomedov. 
Like, it just does not make sense. Being a true fan, and you know what I'm saying. He's not American. No, 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 I know he's not American, but I'm just talking about how, like, just what he's done for the sport of fighting. True. But a Connor fan, though. No, don't get me wrong, I am too, but it's hard to be a true... That's a conversation for another day. Yeah, we can get to that later. Um... Also, the trade deadline for the NHL is quickly approaching. Some moves you expect to see. I think we said this last week. The Philadelphia Flyers, we think, will move. What's his name again? G- Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux, I believe. We said that we think he will be on the move. Do you still I believe think that? So. Um, it's kind of like, on a lesser scale, what you were saying about kind of Patrick Kane staying with the Blackhawks. Giroux's been there for forever. He is on the cover of NHL 13 in a Flyers uniform. I forgot about that. Yeah, I did too until I looked through my game collection the other day. But it's just, it's hard to imagine him in a different uniform. Sort of like if, God forbid, the Braves don't re sign Freddie Freeman, mm, even looking, though I'm not, not a Flyers not, fan. Not looking very. It's not. Not looking good for Braves fans. Sorry to ring you down, but hey. They're going to have to make a still good champs. Offer. Still champs. Yep. I know what it's like to lose your franchise player. I know what it's like to lose your three franchise Oh, yeah. Players, a cut. So. How is – I know this isn't hockey-related. I've just – my best friend Riley from back home is a huge Cubs fan. The week that after the that day, happened. The, uh, Rizzo happened beforehand, but, yeah, that was a very emotional day, to say the least. It looked like we were going to keep Brian and Baez. We traded Baez. I'm like, okay. It was like 10 minutes ago. I'm like, okay, we have Brian. We are going to keep Brian. Then – we traded him to the Giants with like five minutes ago, and I'm like, "Oh, we have we have Contreras, and we have David Bodie, and Patrick Wisdom." On July fourth, twenty twenty, I bought a Chris Bryant jersey. That is not the smartest purchase. It was not. Yeah, it was not. But I still got mine with the pad, World Series patch on it. So the that second means that they come available, I really want the gray Braves jersey with the patch. I don't. I don't know what player I'm going to get on it yet. Yeah, I bought so much stuff after the Cubs won. It was crazy. Yeah, but, I, I bought so much Brave stuff the day after. But yeah, some people that were I'm looking up ESPN right now trades that could happen. Uh, Travis Boyd, center for the um, Arizona Coyotes. I think that he's a free agent this year. But if a team's looking to make a push. This season, I think he's definitely someone they have to look at because, um, again, they're one of the worst teams in the NHL along with the, um, uh, right now, blanking, Montreal Canadiens. So, yeah, Claude Jurex also moving around. Jero. sorry. You're that X on the end of the name is just throwing me for a whirlwind. I think, I, I think oh, Dylan Strom, I think the Blackhawks can move on from him. I think it would be very possible to happen. Um. Trying to see names I'm recognizing. Dominique Kubelik, I think Blackhawks can move on from him as well. Just looking up trade possibilities. Um, I am too. I see um, Brandon Hagel. The least talking him. about Peter Morozik. Ooh, that's interesting. Ooh, yeah. Vladimir Tarasenko, people think he might be on the move from St. Louis. Yeah. Um, one more I'm seeing the Maple Leafs sending Timothy Legeran to Vancouver for JT Miller. Damon's service. Mm, that's interesting. He's also included in that. Mark Giordano of the Seattle Kraken, their captain, they got from Calgary. Um, he uh, has a no-trade list of around uh, 10 teams um, so that he can't really go to. I don't, forget, I don't know how that works in hockey. He can only be traded 19 teams. I don't really know how that works. Do you Have you ever heard of something like that? No, I'm, not, says, I'm not familiar. It says, in a, it says a modified no-trade clause, and he can only be traded to 19 certain teams. So That's interesting, but... 
I don't think you didn't really think the Kraken would get rid of their first captain that quickly. No, it can't be. Even though they took the complete opposite approach to what um, what's it called? To what uh Vegas did in their expansion draft, where they instead of going for win now mode, and they're still winning, cr- crazy enough. When they were drafting all like veterans and stuff and people who had been places before, they drafted all young people. They didn't draft Carey Price, which is a shock to a lot of people. Now he's uh, thanks to suffering with mental health stuff. So yeah, uh, I guess that ended up being a good move down the <coughs> line. But are you about ready to get into today's random subject? I think so. Yeah, which was a good good segment on the NHL. But let's get into it. Was. It was so this week our topic is sites that we would like to see the NHL's Winter Classic played at. We will be listing a multiple outdoor venues, a college football stadium, an NFL stadium, and a Major League Baseball park. So, Griggs, would you like or would you like to go first? Or would you like me to? Let's let's trade off. So let's start with college. So okay. Daniel, what do you think? Where was the college loca- football field that you would like to see the Winter you know, Classic go to? I would say Notre Dame Stadium, but I can't because that was in 2019. Blackhawks, Bruins, that, and who lost that one? Unfortunately, you. We did. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I know as a Notre Dame fan, this is kind of hard to say. I feel like it would be cool to see it at the Big House in Ann Arbor. I think they've already done that. Oh, uh, really? But it's been a minute since it yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Sure, but we can do it again. Yeah, I think I was thinking of that too last night. I was I saw something on TikTok and this brought up the question. I'm like, huh. Okay, how about the horseshoe in uh, Columbus, Ohio? That's that's one I saw being named. That would be a very um, uh, very good site to think. But uh, I think Columbus, the Blue Jackets, uh, need a little bit more success. I think they need to get better before they can consider doing that. Uh, yeah, last more classic in uh, the Big House was. 2014, so it's been a minute since that, and the Leafs beat the Wings, so, but yeah, that'd be a great place to go back to again. Uh, my college choice, uh, Beaver Stadium. I think you can fit a lot of people in there. I think you can get put Sidney Crosby, Sid the Kid. He'll sell tickets somewhere we've both been. Mm-hmm. He'll get people. He'll get people in seats, and they can fit a lot of people in there. It'd be cool if it was um, an all Pennsylvania game. Flyers. Um... Penguins. I probably they probably would probably do that, but I think Flyers need to get a little bit better. Yeah, but so I probably see them going with one of the original six teams. Yeah. So my MLB park, you know, this is hard. It just was at Target Field in Minnesota, <laughs> but as a lover of the Northeast, I'm going to go with City Field in Queens, New York. Hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna keep it in the state of Pennsylvania. I'm going PNC Park. With Not the bad. iconic yellow bridge in the background again, you put the Pittsburgh Penguins in there. Sit the kids, sell some, sell some tickets. Yeah, put them against some popular club, or original six. Someone who's that's recent success. Maybe a Canadian team. Maybe have their Austin Matthews. Yeah. Austin Matthews bring them home. That'd be cool. But yeah, it'd be very cool. I think to see in, um, PNC with like the yellow bridge in the background. Cool. I think they could do a lot of cool stuff with that. So my NHL, or excuse me, my NFL stadium, excuse me, let me look up what the new name of it is. They recently changed it. I would like to see it played in Seattle at Lumen Field. I almost called it CenturyLink. That was the old name. I feel like that would just be a good environment. Maybe once the Kraken start winning, let them host it out there. What about you? It was hard for me to say, but... Honestly, I think this would be a crazy cool atmosphere for uh, hockey uh, beforehand and probably afterhand, too. I'm going to go Buffalo. Up in Buffalo, up in northern New York. That would be cool. 
even though the Sabres aren't really that good. But I feel like you could put two random teams in there and still get be quite the same. Yeah, but I, I, I think they probably put the Buffalo in there, but still, that'd yeah. be really cool to see. Uh, have they had one at Yankee Stadium yet? I'm sure. They had to have held one. That'd yeah. be also a good choice. Those names would be. be forgotten about. Uh, they had it as one of the stadium series. So Got you. That's, yeah, it's weird. But it's all good. Um, all right, yeah. That was our talk on the NHL and random question of the day. Where what where would you like to see a winter classic? Tweet at us at Daniel J Locker at the Grigsby. Name could be read on the show. So tweet us where you would want to see a winter classic NHL gameplay. But when we come back, it is our weekly pick'em segment. Who you got? Me and Daniel will be looking at some of the games from the slate this weekend from college basketball, NBA, NHL, and the USC versus Auburn game. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle ninety one point one FM. And welcome back to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Greg Swankenberg again. Alongside me is my co-host, Daniel Locke. We've had a good show today. We've talked some Auburn basketball, some Carmel Christian basketball, some NBA, NHL. Talked about the Winter Classic a little bit. Remember, Reminder, tweet at us where you'd like to see the Winter Classic, either if you're listening to the show live or on the podcast version afterwards on Spotify. So let's get into it. Our weekly pick'em segment is called "Who You Got." We are again still looking for decide, trying to decide a winning prize or a losing prize, depending on how people look at it. But let's get into the action today. Uh, last week's records, we both went four and six. So now the record records show Daniel at thirty-five and twenty-five, and I am at thirty-eight and twenty-two with a three-game lead. That could quite honestly change this weekend. I think I'm good enough to win the Metropolitan Division. <laughs> But let's get into it now. First off, college basketball. This Saturday in Thomas Bowling Arena, the number 14 Arkansas Razorbacks Red Hot take on the Tennessee Volunteers who are going for the undefeated home schedule this year. Daniel, who you got? You know, that Tennessee home court advantage, let me tell you firsthand, is nothing to take for granted, nothing to sleep on. So with that reason alone, I'm going to go with Tennessee. I'm actually going to go with Arkansas. I don't know. There's just something about that Arkansas team that I watched them play against Auburn. Like, I think they have what it takes to be to end the home record there. Just from judging off of what Tennessee said, I don't think Tennessee beats Auburn if it wasn't for out rebounding them. I think mm-hmm. Arkansas can out rebound them. Arkansas is a better scoring team than them as well. I think they might cause a little bit of trouble for Kennedy Chandler and those Tennessee Volunteers. So, I really don't really have a reason to pick it, but I just, something tells me Arkansas. So I'm going to go Razorbacks. Moving on to uh, Louise, the state of Louisiana, we have the number 25, for now at least, the Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the LSU Tigers. Daniel, who you got? I feel like this Will Wade squad is going to – they're trying to prove their kind of worth right now. Um, they're a fringe top 25 team. I'm, I don't have it in front of me, but I'd be willing to bet that they're receiving some votes. Who, LSU? Yeah. They lost last night to Arkansas by one. At Arkansas. Uh, wait, no, at yeah, at Arkansas. Yeah, so they're a good team. I feel like they're going to want to bounce back. I feel like they beat Bama at home. Kind of crazy, like, how the entire SEC shaped up. Like, at the start of the year, like, Tennessee was tied with Auburn and Kentucky, and now, like, they've won, like, one conference game. Yeah. There were, like, two conference games, and one of them was against Bama, which is kind of funny. But, yeah, uh, I'm going to go tight LSU, too. I think Bama's a completely different team when they play on the road. They went home, which are a lot of teams this year in college basketball, but they play down in their competition, and I think LSU is going to take advantage of that. So give me the Tigers. Go Tigers. 
Moving on to Gainesville, Florida on Saturday, the Kentucky Wildcats take on the Florida Gators. Uh, that game will be at 1 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Daniel, who you got? I'd love to pick Florida, um, but I'm picking Kentucky. I'm I'm gonna pick Kentucky too. I think I don't know I, with what the status of the guards are. I know they played I think the last couple games. Some so uh, Shavir Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington, but it's gonna be interesting to see how long Calipari keeps them out, lets them play, if they are up or I don't know. It's just interesting to see because they are they are they are detrimental to Kentucky's success in March. So they can't get hurt again. They can't be out for the SEC tournament. So it's gonna be interesting to see. But I got Kentucky. Moving on to the next game, we have the number 16 USC Trojans taking on the UCLA Bruins. That is on 9 p.m. Central on ESPN on Saturday. Probably going to be called by Bill Walton. Always great to hear from him. So, Daniel, who you got? I'm going to have to take UCLA. I'm going UCLA. The great, um, the undisputed greatest program in college basketball history. John Wooden, 10 titles there. I believe do they still hold the record for most titles. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I don't believe anyone's probably close to that, but yeah, yeah I'm gonna go at UCLA. I think they're too much at home, and I think they're too much for USC. It's kind of the team. That's probably a team a five seed I see in the NCAA tournament that gets upset first round. Don't you think? Yeah, we'll think do so we'll do a full bracket recap hopefully on our two hour Super Bowl special when we come back from break. But finally, our final game of this first college basketball slate, we have Coach Gabe's final game in Cameron Coliseum. Okay, oh, sorry, Cameron Indoor Stadium. I don't know why I said Coliseum. Cameron Indoor Stadium. That is ESPN, 5 o'clock Central Time. ESPN taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels. Last game in Cameron Indoor for him. Daniel, who you got? I'd love to pick UNC. As a Tar Heel respecter, I would love nothing more than to see North Carolina go in there and just knock the lights out of Duke. However, I don't think that's going to happen. I've got to go with Duke. Yeah, my mom's a Chapel Hill grad. I think it's an unfortunate situation this year. I mean, they've yet to be the team that's technically considered in the NCAA tournament, and depending on how you see Virginia Tech, but I just don't see that happening. They got destroyed at home by Duke. I think they lost by. Uh, let me look at this up. They lost by. Um, they lost by twenty at home to Duke earlier in the season. I just don't see them winning. I th- I love to see them spoil the Coach K show on ESPN on Saturday all day, but. Yeah, I'm going to go Duke, unfortunately, but I'll be still be cheering for the Heels. I'll be back in North Carolina. Moving on to the NBA, we have some Saturday night hoops. The number three, 76ers, taking on the number one seeded Philadelphia uh, Miami Heat in Miami, 7 p.m. Central Time. Daniel, who you got? You know, this is tough. Um, very competitive matchup, but it's in Miami, so I'll go with the Heat. I'm going to go with the 76ers. I think this is the first real true road test for James Harden since he's gotten there, I believe. Let me see who else they played recently. Yeah, he's only they've only played like New York like twice in a row. Or they only played New York since the All-Star break. So, yeah. or, or in Minnesota. So I think this is the first true road test. I think he's going to show out. I think I'm giving the 76ers. Moving on to the last game of our NBA slate, we have the Golden State Warriors number 2 in the Western Conference taking on the number 10 seed uh number 9 seeded Los Angeles Lakers in a little bit of a slide right now. So, Daniel, who you got? I think the Warriors are going to kill them. I really do. Um, I'm not confident in the Lakers at all right now. No. Yeah, I'm going to go with the um, um, Golden State Warriors as well, especially with LeBron James right now listed as day-to-day. 
as of yesterday. It'll be very interesting to see. If they don't have LeBron, I think it's completely over. They've lost four of their last five. I mean, Golden State's also lost four of their last five, too. So that's interesting. But the Suns, I think, are losing some games, too, since they don't have Chris Paul anymore. So this is what the Suns really needed. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the um, Golden State. What do you think? Yeah, Golden State. Yeah, too much, too too much, too late. Moving on to the NHL, the game Daniel will be at on Saturday night. We have the number one, uh, number two in the east, and the number two in the was it the central? Uh, number two, uh, number two, uh, two Atlantic. in their division. Atlantic, Atlantic. Yeah, I'm still learning. I'm still learning more about hockey. Yeah, number two is Lightning versus the second to last Blackhawks. Daniel, I'm gonna be confident in your team. I'm gonna go with the Blackhawks. I'm going to not be confident in my team. I'm going to take the Lightning. I don't think it will be close. Yeah. Um, moving on to our last game, the NHL schedule, we have the Calgary Flames versus the Colorado Avalanche. I think this is a great game. This will, I believe this will be on ESPN, uh, ABC. If yeah. not, it's a shame. Yeah, huge game. Um, two teams who are on fire. However, I think Colorado is going to get Fire, I get that. Get it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Colorado's going to get Uh, Yeah, I got Colorado. Just one team has Nate McKinnon, one team doesn't. Um, Yeah, give me the Avalanche. And I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a great game. I think maybe one one goal will separate it. But, yeah, I think uh, Colorado's going to pull it out in the end. And finally, the last time we can do this this year, we will be predicting a Auburn home basketball game. The first game in Neville Arena this Saturday afternoon. I believe it is 12 p.m. Central. Let me check that real quick so we can get all the view- yeah, listeners. 12 p.m. Yeah. 12 p.m. That'll be 12 p.m. Central on the SEC Network. Last game in Neville Arena. Most likely last game in Neville, uh, Neville Arena for Jabari Smith as well, which will yeah. be unfortunate since I did not get to see his last game mm-hmm. in Neville Arena. But been a great part of this program. We're thankful for him and all he's done. And let's try to make some noise in March. Auburn by a million. Yeah, Auburn by a million. I don't think the Gamecocks Got nothing. I think this may be the last straw for Frank Martin after yeah. the SEC tournament. Even though they are above 500, I think they'll make the NIT. But I think this will be the curtain calling for Mr. Frank Martin, who is now capable of submission, as John Rothstein usually tweets, incapable of submission. But that'll do it for us this week on the Eagle's Nest. Look out for our social medias next week to learn information about next week's spring break show. Most likely it will be a just podcast recording version. And when we come back, we will try. We will look out for our social media to this as well for a two-hour March Madness special. We'll review the bracket. We'll review what we think are some games to watch in the round of 64 because we'll be doing our show right when the first couple of games tip off. So that will be very interesting to see. But thank you so much for listening here. I'm Griggs Blankenberg. Alongside me is Daniel Locke. This has been the Eagles Nest. We'll see you back here in two weeks live on Weagle 91.1 FM. Good night. Good. Have a good day. And where you go? Where you go, Auburn? Thank you for tuning in to the Eagles Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at the Griggs B. Until next time, this has been the Eagles Nest. See you next week.